and welcome to Voices of Nexus, where experts discuss and debate issues surrounding mental health. Here in the U.S., it is a sad but common observation that our mental health system is broken. People who need help often can't or don't know how to get it, and resources remain underutilized due to stigma or lack of awareness. Many experience crisis before any intervention. Given the added pressures we face today, these faults are doubly exposed. But there are bright spots. There are visionaries working tirelessly to create a better tomorrow and move us from hopeless to hopeful. Here on Voices of Nexus, we will learn about good progress being made as it relates to the mental health of women, youth, and those in the justice system. This podcast is part of the larger Nexus initiative, sponsored by Otsuka America Pharmaceutical Inc. Please check us out at www.nexusmentalhealth.com. That's www.nexusmentalhealth.com. Or look us up on Facebook. Hello, my name is Eli Perez, and I'm Director of Patient Advocacy and Stakeholder Management at Otsuka America Pharmaceutical. Thank you for joining us today. Before we get started in discussions with our panelists, I want to take a minute or two to introduce Nexus. Nexus stands for Neuroscience Experts and Cross-Sector Unconventional Stakeholders. Our steering committee, to which Chuck, Carly, and Hannah here all belong, has collaborated with us at Otsuka to launch a new kind of mental health initiative, one that seeks to expand the universe of traditional mental health stakeholders beyond clinicians, patients, and advocacy groups. We all believe that there is a huge opportunity to engage other professionals in the mental health conversation and create new solutions. In our work, we have identified three areas of mental health to focus on, women, youth, and the justice system. Today, we have three fantastic guests with us on the line. We have Chuck Harmon, the Chief Development Officer for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or NAMI, Carly Cater, the Director for the National Center for Youth Opportunity and Justice, and Hannah Zeller, a Program Manager for the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. Thank you all very much for joining me today. Before we get started with the discussion, I would like each individual just to take an opportunity to introduce themselves and to just to tell us a little bit about their organization. So why don't we get started with you, Chuck? Can you kick us off? Thanks, Eli. It's uh, Chuck Harmon. I am the Chief Development Officer at NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I've had a 27 and a half year career at NAMI, and I actually started with our founders. NAMI is an organization that is the largest grassroots mental health organization in the United States. We have over 600 local affiliates, 48 state offices, and a national office. And we are engaged in advocacy, support, education, and research. Thank you very much for that, Chuck. Greatly appreciate having you join us. Let's turn the attention over to Carly. Carly, tell us a little about about yourself and the uh, Youth Center. Thanks, Eli. So my name is Carly Cater, and I am the director of the National Center for Youth Opportunity and Justice. Educationally, my background is in public health, so my orientation is very much on looking for research-based or science-based solutions to global kind of public health problems, of which mental health is a public health problem. And at the National Center, we work to improve life opportunities for youth through systems and practice improvements, which basically means that we work with communities to translate research on what works into actual day-to-day practice. Thank you for that, Carly, and thank you for joining us today. 
And I'll turn over now to Hannah. Hannah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and DBSA? Thank you for having me today, Eli. I am the programs manager at the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. DBSA is a peer-run and led organization. And when I say peer, I mean individuals who have identified lived experience with depression and bipolar. So that's the main work that we do. In my role, I am currently most focused on our Supporting Youth Mental Health Initiative, which is a three-year initiative to bring more resources to young people who are experiencing mental health concerns. You know, as we look at the landscape and see the staggering statistics around youth mental health, we thought it was really important to focus on that. So I'm glad I can, I can do that in my role. We appreciate the work that you're doing and appreciate you joining us here today. So let's just stay with you, Hannah, and jump into the discussion. You know, my first question for you is, and you've told us a little bit about your role at DBSA, just wondering if you can expand on that a little bit in terms of what you're seeing as unmet needs in the youth space. And tell us also, how has a platform for collaboration like Nexus been beneficial to the work that you're doing? Yeah. So as I was saying, you know, we, we started our Supporting Youth Mental Health Initiative this year, and we're seeing a need in youth mental health that I would guess is, is pretty unprecedented just in terms of the rates of reporting. So it's our organization's obligation to meet those folks where they're at. And that starts with addressing the needs of children through teenhood, through that transition in young adults. So we're very excited about some upcoming initiatives. We're creating a teen wellness wheel to be able to be used by teens. And we're also creating a DBSA mood crew, which are going to be characters that will help children kind of do that emotion identification and regulation piece. It can't be overstated the importance of mental health organizations coming together to ideate around these solutions that we we need in the space. That's great. Thank you so much, Hannah. I want to turn the attention over to Carly now. The National Center for Youth Opportunity and Justice is not a traditional mental health advocacy organization in the same ways as MHA and DBSA are. Let me ask you, what draws you to a collaborative where you can work alongside organizations such as these? And tell us a little bit about the unique insights that you bring to the table through your organization. I think there are so many factors that contribute to mental health and well-being across the lifespan, and particularly among adolescents and young people. And the complexities of all of the, you know, individual and group experiences of mental health conditions really requires a complex solution. There's no one size fits all. And to get to the point where we're really addressing mental health, we're reducing inequities, we're creating access to appropriate and effective services and support, we need to think about this as a puzzle where every puzzle piece has the same value. Every puzzle piece has to be there, or at least that's the way I think about it. And the only time you're really going to create a solution or get to the end is when every voice is at the table and every voice is valued in the same way. And that's when we identify the solution in that moment within this shared space of supporting mental health. And Nexus has created that space and facilitated discussions across groups that aren't always in the same room or having the same conversations. And I think that's 
incredibly exciting and a great opportunity. So that's why we were so incredibly excited to be at the table and to be able to participate and have conversations with all of the different voices that are participating in Nexus. What we particularly bring from the center in terms of unique insights is the translation of a lot of these conversations, the translation of research into actual policy change and day-to-day practice change within a lot of the youth-serving systems like schools and juvenile justice and all of those systems within a community that should be working together to address youth mental health. Thank you for that, Carly. Greatly appreciate your contributions to Nexus. Uh, And I think you're absolutely right in terms of the need to have these diverse voices at the table. And as you know, that's one of the key areas of focus for Nexus is having those diverse voices share their experiences. And that's a great segue over to Chuck and a question I wanted to pose to him or to you, Chuck. In our discussions with you specifically around Nexus, one thing that you have talked about a lot is the importance of lived experience in advocacy. So can you just talk to uh, our listeners about what you mean by that and how it applies to your work at NAMI? And how should it shape our work at Nexus? I think the lived experience, it's authentic, it's sincere, it's powerful, and occasionally it's very raw. And at NAMI, we have used the lived experience really in everything we do. It's become our brand, whether it's a media interview by somebody living with schizophrenia, an advocacy position that we take that's based on lived experience, or even our education programs that are taught by people either living with the illness or living with an individual with an illness. And one of the things that we did in our education programs was we looked at a body of research called the contact theory, and we found that the credibility of the message was greatly enhanced when it was delivered by people who were living with an illness or living with someone with the illness. So it really helped shape our our external education programs. I did some advisory boards in Europe, and they used the term experts by experience. And that, that really resonated with me that I think folks who have the lived experience, they have more than just a life event. They really have become experts in knowledge and learning and experts in in understanding systems of care. And in terms of Nexus, I think that basically the the forming of Nexus and the way that it was developed used this model because what you did was you brought folks in who have lived experience to guide and create this organization. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Chuck. Greatly appreciate it. I want to come back to Carly. You know, as you were speaking, Chuck, about lived experience and everyone being able to bring that to the table and just the power of hearing an individual's story. Carly, one thing that you've talked a lot about in our meetings is the idea of adverse childhood experiences and how they're a trigger potentially for mental health issues later in life and and the need to understand those experiences. As you look at youth mental health, what do you think are the most pressing unmet needs and, and how can a diverse community come together to support youth? Yeah, I mean, there's such a significant body of literature and research that describes how traumatic experiences in childhood affect or can affect physical health and mental health outcomes later on in life. 
There's also a lot of research on barriers to accessing services and disparities in accessing services. And so I think one of the greatest needs at this point is around how do we do a better job of listening? As Chuck was talking about the value of lived experience, I think that's such a critical piece in all of this discussion, listening to youth so that we can identify what their needs are. And Hannah Hannah had referenced earlier how the need is just continuing to grow. So are we listening so that we can identify what young people need and then making sure that they can access those services and support that are effective and that are most appropriate for addressing what they need. So bringing together, you know, diverse perspectives and really working together to identify what different groups of young people based on what they are experiencing and what is affecting them and and potentially creating what would later on be called a traumatic experience. How do we look at those different needs and create different pathways into appropriate and effective services and moving beyond the more traditional mental health service system into, again, this is a term that Chuck, you used, creating systems of care or creating systems that really support our young people and meet them where they are. I think that's an incredible need at this point. Absolutely. I want to come to back to Chuck. So Carly just spoke to the idea, right, of of taking different needs into account. In, In addition to different groups of youth who have been through different experiences, we can also see different needs at different levels within the United States, such as the local level versus national level needs. We're seeing this play out in the pandemic, where obviously at a federal level, we're looking for certain types of supports, but also at the very local level, looking for different types of supports. Chuck, with regards to NAMI being a very notable and influential voice at the national level, but also recognizing that there are many local chapters supporting the work of NAMI, just trying to get your insights in terms of how NAMI looks at solutions at a local versus a national level. When do you think about rolling out solutions at a local level versus national? How do you make those determinations? I really think the term is synergy. You know, how do we work together? How do we have the best outcome? And I'll give you some examples. I think in the area of support and education, when you think about somebody who is trying to access care or treatment they want to know two things. They want to know the broader issues of disease awareness, and they want to know very specifically what resources are available in my community. So an example of that would be our national helpline, where callers call in from anywhere in the United States and are triaged and then can get local resources in their community that might go back to one of our 600 local affiliates. The same thing with our education programs, where we develop a national model and curriculum, and that model is delivered locally by people with lived experience. Same thing in in public education, and I'll give you an example from a few years ago. We rated every state on its care of people with mental illness, and we had a national launch of that, gave every state a grade, but that was really a local story. It was how well did Ohio do? How well did New Jersey do? So great synergy on the public education front. And then finally, with advocacy, you know, we can advocate on Capitol Hill. We can send our policy folks up there. 
But the real clout and power that we have is grassroots army of individuals that we have who can contact their member of Congress, can send letters in, emails. That's really the power that we have, and, and they, they hold the vote. I do think for, for all organizations, mental health is complex, the funding systems, but oftentimes the mental health funding and, and certainly the delivery of services is usually administered at the local level. So these are complex issues, but I'll go back to my word of synergy that it's critical for all three levels of NAMI, national, state, and local, to work together. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Chuck. I want to come back to Hannah. So Chuck's spoken quite a bit about NAMI, different programs, how they look at them from the national and local level. But wanted to come back to you, Hannah, and kind of ask you specifically at DBSA, you know, as you look at this year, which is a very unique year for all of us, and then moving into next, what are DBSA's top priorities right now? And what work are you most excited about? Thanks for asking. Yeah, DBSA is just beginning a three-year strategic plan, and there's a lot of great elements to this plan, expanding peer support services, demonstrating the value of a peer support specialist, enhancing educations through programs and our digital platforms, and amplifying the peer voice. So I like what's been discussed already. Both Chuck and Carly have noted, you know, the importance of getting to the lived experience of people. So obviously as a national organization, we are trying to connect with all of our individual chapters and communities to understand their needs so that on a national level, we can begin to implement hopefully changes that will improve the system. That's great. Thanks for sharing with regards to the strategic plan for DBSA. Chuck, I just want to jump to you quickly because I know that NAMI has done quite a bit of work recently with regards to its strategic plan moving forward. Would you mind sharing a little bit about the direction NAMI is moving in? So our new strategic plan just launched in January of this year. It's a six-year plan. And certainly with COVID, there have been some changes, but since it is a long-term plan, we plan to stay on track and meet the objectives. The three main areas of the plan are basically focused, the three main goals are mainly focused on getting treatment earlier, getting the best treatment available, and keeping people out of the criminal justice system. Thank you for that, Chuck. And I know that some of the goals of, of the NAMI strategic plan align with the goals of the work that we're doing with Nexus. So very thrilled that we have you on board as a partner. Want to ask Carly the same question as you look at the future for the National Center for Youth Opportunity and Justice. What are the key pillars that you'll be focusing on moving forward? So to echo a word that was used earlier, synergy, I think there's incredible synergy between what Chuck just described and the work that we are, or the direction that we are taking which is certainly to think about and support communities and and youth with being able to access services before they come into contact with the justice system, for example, or before there's a school discipline hearing like suspension or expulsion so that kids can stay in the community and at home and receive whatever services and supports that they need. The other area that we're really focusing on, though, is integrating wellness and strength-based approaches into 
the day-to-day practice of a lot of these community organizations that work with youth. So not just thinking about identifying needs and this whole deficit-based approach, but also thinking about how can we support a more holistic well-being or the more holistic well-being of the youth and the young people in our communities. Thank you. So as we approach the end of our time together, I just wanted to put out one question to all of the panelists here. As we look across the nexus pillars of women, youth, and the justice system, if you want to share any closing thoughts that you may have about how we go about meeting the needs of each group, or specifically, if there are any particular needs of each group that you feel particularly need to be addressed as we move forward in our work. Well, I'm struck just by, I'm glad that Nexus has identified these three different populations, because I think that there's more intersection between the three populations than we might realize. As we begin to ideate around solutions for youth mental health, thinking about women's mental health is very important because women are obviously widely still the primary caretakers for children. And then we know that the criminal justice system can unfortunately be the other side of the kinds of adverse childhood experiences. And if those aren't addressed from a mental health perspective earlier, that that could unfortunately end in being faced with the criminal justice system. So I think It's so valuable to be able to have a group like this, because I think as we're discerning what solutions are going to work for each population, we will have insight into how to help other groups as well. I think that's some fantastic insight that you just shared, Hannah, with regards to the intersections between these pillars. So thank you very much for that. Chuck, Carly, any additional thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I would just add two thoughts on on your question. One is, I think stigma is an issue that transcends all three populations, all three areas. And we certainly have to continue to fight stigma and find ways to educate. The second thing is that I just think the timing of the launch of Nexus is fortuitous and that that we're at a point in time right now in our society that is very interesting. I think there's great, there has been greater awareness of mental health, even pre-COVID. With COVID, there's greater empathy for people living with mental illness. I think mental health and mental illness are now a lot more relatable. And finally, I think the use of new technology for the treatment of mental health, mental illness and mental health conditions is going to open up an incredible amount of access for people who originally did not have it. So it's a really interesting time. I would echo everything that Hannah and Chuck said and would add something that really resonated with me as they were both speaking, which is the value of incorporating the voices of lived experience or Chuck, the term you used, experts by experience, which is a very powerful way of thinking about the value that that voice brings to the conversation. And I think that there's an incredible openness and willingness right now to hear from different groups that maybe didn't always have a voice in the policy arenas or in the day-to-day practice work and really capitalizing on that momentum to make sure that the solutions that we come up with and the direction that we take from here on out 
is one that really values all of these differences and the different voices and ultimately leads to solutions that work for everyone, not just this one-size-fits-all approach to mental health. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank each of you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to join us today. I think this has been a fantastic conversation and just the start of many conversations to come as we, as members of Nexus, but also as obviously representatives of our individual organizations, continue to push forth on the work that needs to be done in order to bring solutions and hope to individuals who are in great need when you look at the mental health landscape across this country. So again, thank you very much for your time and looking forward to continuing our collaboration. Take care all. Thanks for listening to Voices of Nexus. Don't forget to check us out at www.nexusmentalhealth.com. That's www.nexusmentalhealth.com. Or look us up on Facebook. Facebook.